0: this is a mr thrive media production i can't believe that we've reached this point this is the finale of season two i am so thrilled to be ending this with a bang our first established artist episode in a way this is a special about dr walt whitman of the soul children of chicago this gentleman is a warm and welcoming spirit that has been involved in music since an early age. And in doing so, he was brought into this group and found a way to give children an experience they wouldn't have otherwise if not for him. And in doing so, has created sub-genres of choir and gospel around the world. One thing we did not cover during the podcast was the fact that he was an Air Force brat and that he was a very well-traveled person by the time he became a music teacher at a Catholic church. His multicultural experience allowed him to truly expand across the United States and then from the United States internationally. And in doing so, helped spark the minds of fellow musicians across the world. Today, with the Soul Children of Chicago, He gets underprivileged children to become tomorrow's global leaders. I'm so thrilled for you guys to hear this episode. It definitely was a lot of fun to record, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear the personality that is Dr. Walt Whitman. On the other hand, we have our networking party on February 23rd at 6pm Pacific Standard Time. Relevant to this episode, we have alumni of the Soul Children of Chicago performing at this event. At our networking party, we will actually be hosting a fundraiser for the Soul Children of Chicago. Your donation will go a long way in supporting an underprivileged child and getting them to be a part of tomorrow's global leaders. We hope to see you at our event. Once again, it's February 23rd at 6pm Pacific Standard Time. You can find it linked in the show notes of this episode without further ado let's get this show on the road sit back relax one last time for season two and enjoy the show you have stumbled upon mr thrive stars of tomorrow where together we have
1: discovered established artist master conductor and core clinician dr walt whitman
0: oh my god i love it when the guest matches my energy i'm feeling this this is great Amazing. And for those who are listening on this podcast, the Thrivers out there who have been listening for quite some time now, you guys probably just heard something a little bit different that I just said. I didn't say emerging artist. I said established artist because what we are currently witnessing right now is the finale of season two. We've had an amazing cast in season two with a lot of diverse backgrounds, a lot of promising futures ahead for so many unique artists. We've gone from chalk artists to fire dances, documentary filmmakers, to sex educators, all different types of individuals kind of in one place talking about the journey of the emerging artist and how their view on mental health, how COVID-19 has impacted them. There have been so many interesting barriers and triumphs and tribulations to kind of uncover you know, different layers to peel from the onion with all these emerging artists. The only way I could possibly top that off season two, a true finale would be to bring on this individual, Dr. Walt Whitman. And I'm going to let him introduce himself right now. But my God, what an amazing career. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this right now. Dr. Walt Whitman, it's really fantastic to have you on the show. It really is great to have you
1: here. It's good to be with you, Chad.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you're calling all the way from Chicago right
1: now, right? Yes, and from cold Siberia, Chicago. Cold
0: yes. Siberia, Chicago. <laughs> I, I would say I've been there, but I've only been in Chicago during the fall. You know, it's not fair for me to say that. But I know for a fact it is freezing there. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. Snow is high, Yes. <laughs> and you guys can't
0: see it right now, but he is a bit bundled up right now. So and he does look cozy. <laughs>
1: I, I am totally. Yes, I'm closed up. Yes, I'm closed right.
0: up. <laughs> right. I feel like when you're from Chicago, you have the art of staying cozy down to a T. So that's pretty darn good right there. Absolutely, man! Absolutely. <laughs> what we are here to talk about today is what we are here to talk about today. You're talking about something that you're promoting within the Soul Children of Chicago, and that is the Soul of America Speaks. And I want to learn what what that is
1: exactly. What? Wh- how would you describe it? Soul of America Speaks is a a TED Talk for kids um, that absolutely give kids a platform and a, a safe place to um, what we call break the silence the silence that keeps them from being able to become what they need to literally express themselves. Like doing all this COVID, you got this stress, mental stress, you got suicidal depression, the whole claustrophobia, can't get out. I need people to, you know, that, so it deals with all of that. And then it deals with the whole inspirational part of where you're going, what you're going to do, how are you going to live the rest of your life? What's your purpose? What's your destiny? How do you fulfill it? And so that is what the soul of America speaks. And it, it deals with kids from all over the country. I thought a relevant
0: package of topics that you just kind of bundled up into one kind of event that you plan to bring across America. I say it's relevant because my podcast has covered this and, and talked about this. And aside from my personal experiences with uh, anxiety or, or depression or, or even my artistic need to articulate what I'm feeling in some sort of creative way. You are discussing that, and you're not just bringing it to your community, but you're bringing it across the country.
1: Is it international yet as well? Well, it's, it's going international. We are we are an international group. So I'm using the celebrity of the Soul Children because we're um, you know celebrating 40 years as a, as an established musical artist, a recording artist, and taking what we have been doing over these 40 years, and now taking it into this platform where we can take where people. They already celebrate us musically, but now it gives us ability to now tap into that place of inspiration inside of a child, whether they sing or not sing. Um they trust you. They have a, you know, you you create that level of trust, that safe place. They're feeling like I can talk to you. So yeah, so that's kind of what it is.
0: And here's a stereotypical question that a lot of people are going to ask you, what inspired that? Was that directly about COVID-19 or was there more to that?
1: It was more to that COVID-19. I've been I've been working on this for the last maybe hmm, maybe it was actually since Parkland. Uh, Parkland. When I saw the kids, that's really what stirred it up. In reference to wanting to do the Soul of America speaks was that there's there was such a desire for kids to express themselves, and they expressed themselves by protesting and walking out of class. Which, while it made a statement, it didn't necessarily. Produce anything, and so what I wanted to do was to take the anger part and re- redirect the anger to something positive, so that when you start talking, saying the soul of America speaks, youth are the soul of America. This, the next generation, that's the soul of America. And so, right now, in order for us to move to the next level, you're going to have to speak to the youth and this generation because they're going to speak as the as the when they get older they're going to become the older generation that has to speak to the next generation now. And so, so what we're doing is trying to get these get the kids to open up, to start talking, to to deal with the things that the inner demons that are going on that are not they, they don't want to talk about. They don't want to feel like they can address or they don't feel like you know nobody's caring. They don't feel valued. Those are some issues that
0: spark you know sadly enough, at least from what we can conceptualize, because we don't truly know at this time you know, what is going on through the mind of a shooter, like the one that caused the Parkland shooting, what you're talking about, the soul of America speaks, that is something that is meant to, you know, nip in the bud, the issues that, you know, typically would motivate someone to do something like this, at least from what we presume, this has a personal impact on me personally, just because, and I, I think I might have brought this up on on previous episodes, I, I don't know. But, you know, my, my first kiss, Ever in my life. Her name is Veronica Weiss. She was the first victim of the UC Santa Barbara school shooting. So, school shootings and gun violence in America has become something that's very uh, raw for me. You can get the chance to talk about it, you know, relevant and sensical way without being obnoxious is a time for me, you know, I think it's appropriate. And so, when you bring up the Parkland shooting, that this is inspired by, you know, movements like that that were reactions to that. The Parkland protest that followed after that, where students left the classroom to talk about that, Uh, it's really moving. Um,
1: Well, it it is. It's a spirit. Whatever that spirit was that moved kids. One thing about that particular movement, which was interesting to me, was that you don't know who started it. You don't know who organized it. You don't know how it really worked. All you know is that there was something that sparked into the heart of kids all over the country. And they began to operate in whatever it is that it was almost like there's something invisible that was shared. Because we still don't even know who organized that. I mean, Kids just did it, but we don't know how it was really like, was there a person that was like orchestrating it saying, okay, everybody's every school, whatever. I don't know how they did it, but I mean, I know it's through social media, but it was the whole concept of that there was people felt something kids connected with that. And so if we can tap into that same energy, turn it into a positive, there's something that can happen to the whole nation because there's a scripture, there's a Bible scripture that says, and a child shall lead them. And mm-hmm. so most of your major movements started with you in the nation, all your major protests, all your major movements, when things are shifting, it always started with you because youth are strong. And, they're, you know, and now we got this group of young people who ain't scared of nothing. They just, you know. <laughs> we ain't scared of you. We don't care what you say. We getting ready. We going to just tear it up. (laughs) That's right.
0: And you very much identify with that group. You've, You've been very much involved with youth since the beginning of your career, which we're going to talk about real soon, I promise you. But why that particular group? Why does that particularly appeal to you?
1: Which one? The youth? Youth. Yeah. Ironically, you know, it's just I see because the potential is in the young people. When you understand your you i say this to my group is that i'm training up the next generation of global leaders and so when you know that you are making an impact upon how a child thinks and what a child does in its life how it's going to how it's going to impact when it leaves you when that child leaves you you have you've planted a seed in them and it determined depending on the seed that you planted in them will produce a harvest that you will see later on down the line and so With the Soul Children, I believe that the fruit that we produce, the kids that have come through us through the 40 years has become good fruit. So I got leaders, I've got teachers, I got pastors, I've got politicians, I've got artists, I've got all of these things. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on is because we're multicultural and multifaceted, that the kids that are coming from us, they also have become multicultural and multifaceted.
0: You talk about impactful harvests, you're talking about the fruits of your labor, right? Is there one particular success story from the work that you're doing that stands out to you the most that you could share with people listening to this right now?
1: There's so many stories on so many different levels. I'm trying to think of there's one that I've always that has always touched me deeply. Um I think that this is a young lady that came to audition for me and she's a minister now and she's actually a fashion designer now and she just went into fashion design but she came to an audition many years ago with a friend of her, And the friend was going to audition, but she was just accompanying her friend. But what the friend didn't know that she was going to commit suicide that night. And so when she came to the audition, the, some kind of way she got asked to participate in audition also. Well, she made it and her friend didn't. And because of the, that one experience, she didn't do the, the suicidal piece. She was an adopted child and she went through a whole lot of mental things that was just, you know, lack of self esteem, all these other things that were just making her whatever. And being a part of the Soul Children changed all that for her. And so now she's a pastor or minister and she has become a fashion designer and she's doing, you know, she's living her life now, this life with her family, I mean, her, her husband and children. So, I mean, that to me, that was one of the one stories. If I was going to think of something that was really impactful was that we saved the life of a child that was literally thinking about committing suicide the day that I met.
0: You got to think to yourself that things happen for a reason when you hear stories like that, that there's no such thing as coincidence. I I personally do not believe in coincidence. I I do have a a certain affinity and a certain belief to to God and my own understanding of it. First of all, that's a really well-dressed pastor. If she's also a fashion designer.
1: Oh my um, God! You you. <laughs> <laughs> probably
0: the best, the best dressed one. But still, very inspiring and really beautiful. And I, I imagine that the Soul Children of Chicago have probably saved a lot of lives just by existing, whether directly or indirectly.
1: Oh, absolutely. We get it. We get it all the time. We, I mean, again, we're talking forty years, and when you start looking at and and pulling them together and listening to the stories of what they went through as a child. I mean, I, we, I'm now that I'm getting authors, and um, this young lady that just came out with her first book, and and in her first book she was talking about it was in a rehearsal that she decided to go to college, and pursue a degree, and that that based on something that we were doing because we were getting ready to go. We was actually getting ready to go out of town or something, and I, we pride ourselves on having the soul children become a student. So they're, they're, you know, we say we're we're drug free, gang free, and academically inclined. That's one of the the little models we use. And in order for you to participate in in certain things and activities, you have to maintain a certain grade point average. You can't come in the choir being a D student or even a C student. So we really push them to like B's and A's. So we get a lot more honor roll type students that, are, or 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 motivating them to become honor roll. And that's one of the things that she decided to take a, a college degree. Um, I mean, to pursue her to college degree. And she just wrote this new book called a black girl's journey. And that and that is a part of the story. It just and, came out.
0: And for those who are just listening, you can see that he's holding a book, which you know, is physical evidence that it exists. It's just beautiful. There's actual physical evidence of the fruits of your labor, which is such a rewarding process, I'm sure for you. Uh, yes. Do you ever, yes. do you, do you have sad days anymore?
1: Um, well, my sad days are always just those that I said, I want to do more. I want us to, to, I know we're creating a legacy, but a lot of times it's always that we don't have enough the resources and it feels like, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm struggling trying to create resources and, uh, you know, the ability to continue to do what we do. Um, and to keep it going. I mean, God, God has blessed us in 40 years. we have not you know, folded and we've not you know, been without, but it has been a struggle. And so those are the things that, that you know, it's like, I want to do more, I want to do more, but I don't have the resources to do more yet, but I feel like I'm going to do.
0: More. What, what kind of resources do you need? Maybe someone listening to this right now can help you right now.
1: Well, one of the, well, one of the things is that, you know, because we're trying to really expand Um, we're working on our own, you know, with, even with this, this, um, the soul of America speaks, it's a Ted talk. So, you know, really trying to connect with, um, sponsors and folks who, who understand that, you know, their dollars are investing in, a um, an organization that is producing fruit that's actually able to be seen when you're looking at. These kids who are doctors and lawyers and teachers and pastors and and artists and you're seeing the results, you know, when you hear the scripture, and because I'm very, we're very spiritually or uh, faith-based, you know, I used that you train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart. And so we're we're looking at, you know, when they start with the soul children and now you see where they are as an adult. You said the seed that was planted with them and as a child, you see the results of that you know and so i'm that, that's sort of why the soul of america speaks peace you know you start speaking that life into a kid at a young age you'll see the results and the soul children leading the way because now it's kids helping kids so you're training them up to learn how to sow seed into other body in everybody's life so
0: just beautiful absolutely phenomenal now with the soul children you've explained like the three pillars of of how you guys function which which if i remember correctly it's gang free it's academically acclaimed and and what was the the second one gang free drug free and academically inclined right inclined academically inclined right so we know the pillars but who are the Soul
1: Children of Chicago and where do they originate from? Soul Children is actually from all over the city of Chicago. So we, our 32nd elevator speech is, the, who would we say, who is the Soul Children? We are the oldest internationally acclaimed, Grammy award-winning youth, youth gospel choir in the nation. And so changing lives, impacting lives for 40 years, that's what we are. That's what we've been doing. and that's And we do it through the discipline of music, and education. Amazing.
0: Were you introduced to them
1: or, or did you create them? They're my baby. I birthed them. <laughs> 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 he said, can a man birth a child? I was like, we, I birthed them. Yes. No, exactly. The answer
0: <laughs> officially is yes.
1: <laughs> no, the, yes. Uh, the Soul Trinity was actually created as a Catholic school choir. It was originally just to be a a school choir just for masses you know, third Sunday Masses. And it kind of grew from the Mass into, you know, we started winning awards and then we started expanding. And now literally there's Soul Children choirs all over the world. So now we have, there's like literally over 150 choirs called Soul Children in Norway, Sweden, Germany, Indonesia, all over the world. So I didn't realize that. I knew that
0: in some ways you had created like subgenres genres of, of soul gospel music you know, internationally in Europe, but I didn't realize that they that they purposely called themselves Soul because of you
1: and your work. Yes, I used to, I would go to Sweden and in Sweden, gospel is very big in Sweden. So they would have, when they have these gospel festivals over there, you know, you literally will have a choir of, of 1,200, 1,800 people, you know, in a choir rehearsal. I mean, that you know, that that's learning gospel from all over Sweden. And this particular young lady came from Norway when I was in Sweden. She was so inspired by what I did Uh, We had a conversation and she decided to go back to Norway, Oslo, and to start a Soul Children Choir there. And then it just grew from there to now you have actually Soul Children International Festivals. And these choirs come and you may have a 2000 voice Soul Children Choir in Oslo, you know, at the arena.
0: (laughs) How does that kind of inspiration happen? How do you have that far of an outreach by just performing?
1: The spirit of what we do. I mean, because what people get from the Soul Children is that they are inspired. And so it's, it's a deeper part of you than just, you know, being a choir, a show choir. You know, you can have a show choir that just, you know, they showcase, you know, their talent. But Soul Children is a deeper, um, we we go in a deeper place. So our, one of our mission statements is that we educate, elevate, and illuminate. And so that when we teach people, you teach people how to do what they do, you elevate them um, to the point where you're now you're lifting them up. But the illumination process comes when after you've done all that, they get it from the inside out and they become whatever they become. And so when you come into a concert with us, when I go to do workshops, people are, you know, I teach them, I lift them up and inspire them. And then all of a sudden now, oh man, I want to start a children's choir. <laughs> right. Cause,
0: cause you show them that, they underestimated the power of what children can do when they are taught and inspired and as you said, illuminated.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm actually working on a book called Seen But Not Heard. Um, where where we're talking about, you know, as a as a African-American children's choir, people don't even realize that how powerful children's choirs are and the, the experience of the church, you know, in reference to, you know, most children's choirs are. You know people just kind of like oh that's the kids Let them i saying you know and it's like that's and that's how they try to treat the soul children because i don't like children's choirs and I, I put the disclaimer out there you know i just he was like i don't like kids but i you know it just <laughs> like, but I, I know i said god has a sense of humor because you know that i didn't like kids and he said i'm gonna put you with them and you're gonna be with them for the rest of your life so right. <laughs> when the
0: when the job was first presented to you was your first thought like why
1: why why children why couldn't it be adults who have experience why (laughs) well you know i was teaching at the catholic church the adult choir and they asked me to do the children the the school choir and i did say that like children i mean and what they (laughs) wanted me was really to be the music teacher so the choir piece did not necessarily come up until after i took the the job as music teacher i said okay i can i can teach you know Third through eighth grade, I get, or well, really, I was kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, it just, it just, after I did it and started teaching in the classroom, I started noticing that kids could do more than just, you know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I that, that little whiny old, like, yeah, it's like, oh, that. okay, like, let me digress. I digress. Okay. <laughs> okay I went into a place. Too quickly. Okay. No, no yeah, yeah. Well, you,
0: were, you were talking about PTSD memories <laughs> oh, completely.
1: <laughs> hey, what they sound like you're
0: 100% right. That's exactly what they sound like. I can't, I can't wait for the day that I'm a dad and I have to listen to my kid do some elementary school play. And he's going to be <laughs> like, that. I'm going gonna, gonna to tell, I'm gonna tell him, you were great, kiddo.
1: You were great. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta tell them. You, you, gotta keep, you gotta keep inspiring them, and tell them you know you were wonderful. Keep working at it; it's going to come. Can't <laughs> wait to put it
0: on my Instagram hashtag <laughs> blessed father.
1: I know, and that's it, it, the worst mess. But anyway, yes, <laughs> I'm sure that's
0: how my parents felt when 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 I would do a a, a play in theater in high school. Um, Although I like to think I was a little Not bit in better. High
1: school. That. Not in high school, not in I elementary school. High don't school know. You, be a little you don't bit more. know my
0: singing range. Oh, Lord. Oh, well. <laughs> Let me put it this way You would not win a single award with the Soul Children of Chicago if I was in
1: it. <laughs> so, oh, no. So, so we, we have to say, well, we, we just said sing very low, like very low.
0: <laughs> singing really low. You... How low do you want me to sing? Uh,
1: say, low. How low can you go? Now, how low can you
0: go?
1: let's let, let's talk about it. hey mute the mic engineer mute the mic
0: <laughs> and if i remember i'll edit this out of the podcast well we'll see you know just to spare the ears of the poor listeners. no
1: this oh, is God. gonna cause people to, it's gonna make this thing go viral they're gonna say did you, <laughs> did you hear that
0: <laughs> Chaz and dr walt whitman are making fun of children how they sing Oh, my God.
1: Yes. They're going to like, oh, my God. Did you hear that? They were talking about kids.
0: Oh, my God. They're going to be enraged. It's going to be real controversy. (laughs) I'm so excited to be put into cancel culture. This is great. How dare they make fun of children and their vocal (laughs) ranges? How dare you? How dare dare they?
1: Fire. Hashtag fire. Chaz (laughs) goes viral. We're just saying Chad was singing solo. We'll just say that he was singing a solo. Yeah. So low that we couldn't hear you. That's right. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Perfect. Amazing. When when did this journey start with the Soul Children of Chicago? 1981. 1981, and and you said that you were with a, a Catholic church that wanted you to teach a choir and then.
1: Right, I was hired as the, as the music director for the Catholic church, which is Saint John De La Salle in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, when you, when you're part of the Catholic church, a lot of times Catholic churches have Catholic schools, so they all kind of connected. And so that's kind of, since I was at the church, they say, why don't you do the school because we lost our music teacher. And that's kind of how it happened. And it was like, okay, it was more money. It was a bigger check. So I said, okay, let me take it as a challenge.
0: Right. So it was a challenge and, and you start, you know, teaching this class and did you see the town right away or was there, was it very rough around the edges?
1: Well, you know, because you're teaching, when you're teaching in the classroom setting, you know, you know, some, well, I I would say that St. John, they had a, they were kids that wanted to sing and they were very, I didn't have, it wasn't like a force. I didn't have to, you know, like beat them across the head to try to get them to do stuff. They enjoyed me being there. They wanted to learn the songs. And so I began to see more talent come forth. And they started, the more they felt good about being in music class, it was almost like they had to, it was like, they couldn't wait to get out of class to get to music class. It was like, that's the one time they could feel like they could just, you know, release. (laughs) And so, but I got a chance to see the the talent and the gifting that's in there. And to this day, the kids that were in that class, my kindergarten class, the, the one of the kids that is in the kindergarten class, he is now our business manager. Oh, wow. So now, you know. So even from the time when I first started, I still have people involved. I got young people. I have people who started out and sung in the choir as a kid, who now have their kids in the choir. So it's real
0: legacy that has transcended down within Chicago, and is beginning to spiderweb out across the globe. Absolutely. You know, inspiring souls. Other, you know, particularly particularly European countries just amazing and it's pretty multicultural i i understand why the multicultural because you want to expand it more to other groups but what i'd like to know as well is that sometimes when you introduce you know i would say something that and, and correct me if i'm wrong gospel does come from america right it's a very yes. american religious form of
1: actually from chicago
0: yeah from chicago so it really is born in chicago when you're introducing that to another country is there resistance at first when showing that or do they get excited these days?
1: Well, I think because of my classical background, I have a classical background and it gives me the ability to cross the boundaries because gospel music is really more internal and, and more faith based a lot of times. But when you're going into other countries, like even when I went to Israel, um, I did a workshop in Israel and they you get a chance to experience, you know, how gospel, even in, in a country of Israel where, you know, you might have the clash between Christian and Jewish and whatever. That was not the case. You know, we was able to merge the cultures together in a way that was that was beautiful. And people were singing together, crying together. And so it crosses all the boundaries when you understand how to teach it in a way that every it is palatable for everybody.
0: Sure. And when you go to a place like Israel or, or any of the other European countries, have they ever introduced a new style to you that you guys got, tried out yourselves?
1: Well, actually, yes, because, I mean, you know, for us, I mean, we sing in Hebrew now. And so, you know, we, when I go to Spain, teach in Spain and Sweden, we, you know, we learn their material. We learn how to sing in Swedish. We've learned how to sing in Spanish. We've learned how to sing in Italian. So we there's always the exchange, because in order for you to be able to connect with people, you've got to be willing to to give of yourself and to receive. That's, I, I think that's been our success, because what we do crosses the cultural barriers, you know, so we can go into corporate America. We don't sing gospel in corporate America. We do inspirational music, but we take the spirit of what we do and put it in the music. So that even if we sing in something totally non-Christian or non-faith based, it has nothing to do with it. It's the spirit of who we are. What's amazing about your program is as you're speaking, I'm kind of realizing
0: this, is that you're introducing these children who otherwise wouldn't have had these opportunities to not only different levels of society, but different cultures that they, again, wouldn't have had the chance to experience without this program that you do. And in doing so, you guys have won tons of awards, but that's not the real award. The real award is seeing what these children are able to do based on this knowledge that you've given them. I'll tell you right now, like someone myself, you know, I grew up in, you know, white picket fence suburbia. And funny and
1: Lassie, Lassie,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Lassie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to top it off, I'm an only child. So I didn't have any older siblings or younger siblings to kind of what the outside world was like. But when I would like talk with my friends in you know, middle school and high school, that's when I first started to hear people use the phrase, oh, we live in the bubble. And I'm like, This isn't a bubble. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, what could you possibly mean? And, and and you know, I'd go to summer camp every summer. And that was the most out of the bubble I would ever go for like the longest time where I really started to kind of see what other people were experiencing. Because I live with people for, you know, a month at a time and hear about what they're doing in real Los Angeles, where I'm in, you know, what many would call fake Los Angeles. And, you know, you know, I'm I'm hearing what Los Angeles is really like, but never actually have paid enough attention to what real Los Angeles is like or experienced it and understanding how vast it was. And I was getting an idea for for what that was like. And then of course I go to the melting pot of the West, which is San Francisco for school, for college. Oh my. my. (laughs) And that was was the first time where I really, really, really started to see uh, different levels of society in one place, different cultures all in one place, the clashes of geopolitical ideas and different thoughts and ideas kind of uh, conflicting with other narratives that I had always grew up on. So In that regard, the educational regard, it was very positive. And I wish I had the experience to do a lot more diverse traveling that could educate me on something that was very real. And that's what you're doing with your children is you're, again, bringing them to different cultures. You're getting these kids to learn Hebrew and Norwegian and and, and I'm sure German, because you've been to Germany as well. So you're getting these kids to learn these different languages. But you're also introducing them to all different types of people that at some point are going to be a part of their network as well.
1: And, and that actually that is true, because we do have it like even now we have a, a music school in Sweden. And what happens is we send two kids from Chicago to Sweden to study for a year. And they, they, they take the experience of what we've, they've learned in the Soul children. They take it over to Sweden and Sweden imparts to them. So what we're now getting is this international inter multicultural exchange program or you know, foreign exchange program within the choir. So that they're now learning, you know, they're going into other cultures and now they're learning Swedish and they're living with Swedish people and they're getting a, a you know, so it's like when you're talking about taking an African-American kid, maybe from the ghetto or from an area where he would normally not see anybody but. Black people you no, know, for the most part, you know, to now go into Sweden, you know, and experience that for us to go into corporate America, where now you're not just even around just a certain class of people. Now you're singing in front of billionaires and millionaires, you're in front of governors and presidents, you're in front of people who CEOs who multi 500 fortune, you know, 500 uh, fortune companies, you know, so now you've got to, now you've, there's a different type of relationship. There's a different type of, you know, you you're putting a level of value because now that people are celebrating them as young African American kids but you got a CEO of a major corporation standing up applauding for them or saying oh my god you are awesome and so that those are the kind of things that you know changes the you know wow you know i think
0: that's just such a wild experience and and so life changing for these kids it's it's really transformative and that's amazing with that transformation, though, I imagine that some struggle with the, with the culture shock in some regards, don't they?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like, like when we when we sent some of the kids to from Chicago to Sweden and, you know, to stay for a year, it's one thing to go on a tour and you're going in and you're going out. But it's another thing when you got to stay and you're staying in a in a place like in Sweden, it's a it's sort of like a quiet country. You know, so people are very quiet, they're very reserved, they're very within themselves. And so, if you are very used to being in Chicago where everybody's loud and everybody's screaming, you know, and everything, you know, it's a culture shock. And so, in, in some cases, it was too much for some of them. They weren't ready to deal with that. And they, some of them had to come back because it, it was too much. They couldn't deal with it. You know, the, the quiet causes them to have to deal with some things that they have never faced. Mm. You know, and, and I think that, that in some cases that is, it can be good or bad, depending on what your internal thing is going on in you. that you We may not know it, but when you get in a still place, you'll find out that um, I don't want to deal with this. And that's kind of, you know, it's a powerful place to be in, to be still. You know, I've dealt with that, I think, twice in my life, that kind of
0: quiet or that invisible barrier that you're just not used to. The first time, and this was a much more fun occasion, was when I traveled Europe in 2017 for two months, which we had a whole entire podcast special on called the Hashtag Euro Squad special. It was fantastic. Oh, really? all, all the guys who traveled Europe with me, we all jumped on the podcast and we did a four-part episode on it. But one of the things that really, you know, that had a huge impact was, um, was uh, talking about the language barriers. And, and all the different, uh, you know, blends of culture that we would experience along the way that we were not used to, sometimes we didn't know how to, you know, appropriately respond to. One of my favorite stories, talk about this on the, um, on that episode. The proper term is Romani, but I, it was my first time dealing with uh, gypsies. Again, the, the proper term is Romani, but most people know them as gypsies. And we had arrived in Venice, Italy. Upon arriving in Venice, Italy, by this point, we had figured out the -rail system. And the rail system, the you know the europe train system that connects all the different cities and countries together which is something that america really needs to get on board with it's really amazing what we figured out is once we got into a new country the best practice to do would be to kind of book your exit from that country as soon as you got there to get it out of the way and not have to worry about the hassle of reserving a seat later on and last minute and you know getting screwed over at the end of the day right what happened was uh Josh and I split off into like the ATM machines to try to get like the automated machine to like give us tickets. And Nick and Dylan split off to, you know, try to speak to an attendant to get it done that way. We just wanted to see who would get it done quicker to save us the most time because we weren't sure what was the best way. So we divided and conquered. Josh and I are at this ATM machine and there's this, you know, Romany woman who is there. And she's speaking in broken English. She vets out that we are tourists right away. After all, we are in Venice, one of the most touristy places in Italy. And she says, "Where are you going?" And we're like, uh, uh, "Austria." And then she just starts punching in buttons. What date? Uh, this, and she just punches in the buttons. Um, and then she asks us more questions. You know, very broken English, very quickly, very, you know, on top of it. And then what happened was, uh, as soon as our tickets came out and they they spat out. Uh, or, or sorry, as soon as we got to like the, the checkout point, she then raised her hand towards me and said, money, like, because that was her that was her gig is that she does it for you. And then you're supposed to give her money for help. Give you. her
1: some money. Yeah.
0: I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And so she said, fine. She hit the cancel button and she walked around. <laughs> and so Josh and I were kind of like baffled by this. And we went through the process again. We, we kind of remembered what she was doing she had the gall to go around the ATM machines, which there were like four of them back to back against each other in the middle of the lobby of this train station. She goes around the whole entire thing and she comes back like a, like a goldfish in the tank going around in circles. She goes and comes back to us and she goes, where are you going? And I'm like, we're the same people. Like, how could you forget us? Are you Dory from finding Nemo? What just happened? And so we start to do it. And then she did this like five times to us. And eventually got to the point where I started to actually feel like harassed. I, again, this is my first time dealing with uh, a Romani woman, a gypsy woman. And what happened was uh, eventually she goes money. And I said to her, you know what? I'm a poor traveler too. Why don't you give me money? She goes, fine. She pulls out one cent euro and she puts it in my hand. And somehow that actually offended me. I was like, so shocked. I had never been, never received cash before. So I gave, I put it, I gave it back to her. I was like, no, keep it. And then she, you know circles around the ATM machines again and she comes right back and she says money like she just she's now just requesting for money she's not even asking to even help and she's just doing this over and over and over and she says I said to her you're harassing us we're going to call the cops and she goes go ahead call the police call the police that's what she said go ahead call the police Josh and I say that to each other to this day that's our inside joke we like if if, if, if we ever tell on each other for something which makes us sound like adolescent children he'll say go ahead Call the police! Like no. he'll just he'll say that to to me now, and it's just a, this ongoing inside joke that will just it'll never end because that was something so wild.
1: Absolutely, call the police. Yeah, but that just,
0: <laughs> it just gives you an idea for how opposite of a world we're used to. No,
1: and, you're right.
0: Yeah, the second the second example I wanted to give that is not on the same level of humor, unfortunately, is just COVID nineteen and being in this pandemic, and you know these four walls that are around me right now in my room is where i've spent 90% of my pandemic experience unfortunately uh but there's also i've gotten a lot of, got a lot of you know things done in here and it's forced me to reflect and it's forced me to grow and i've changed so drastically because of 2020 and 2021 it's
1: really wild yeah it is yeah it's a whole lot 2020 i tell people that 2020 you know if you have 2020 vision that's perfect vision And 2020, the year 2020, I believe the whole world saw a whole lot of stuff very perfectly. There are things that have been revealed. There's things that have been exposed. There's things that people are not even trying to hide anymore. It's like everything is out. Everybody's like, whatever. And I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to say whatever. I'm going to be whatever. And I don't care. You know, it's like I'm exposed at this point. And so, you know, and it's very difficult, you know, because now you can't go back because now everybody has seen it. So yeah. now you have to reinvent yourself or recreate yourself in a way because um, things are not going to go back the way they were.
0: No, no. And speaking of reinventing, I'm very curious, how does a gospel group function during COVID-19?
1: Well, we have been doing virtual performances and we do Zoom sessions. You know, I've been we, we haven't really rehearsed in a year now. Um, we've had virtual performances, we've done one brief rehearsal. And so right now it is recreating. I'm trying to figure out now, how do you, you know, if we're not rehearsing, we're not together, how do you keep them engaged? Because these are kids, that's the other thing. Because they're kids, kids need interaction. And that's the problem right now. It's like trying to keep them engaged because they need to be interacting Physically with each other, um, and so we're, we're doing virtual performances. We're doing Zoom sessions. We are, you know, I'm I'm doing whatever I can to, you know, keep them engaged, you know, on a mentally and intellectually, Remarkable. and spiritually. Yeah, and that's that's difficult to do these days. But I really think that that
0: there's a way to do it, and um, it's not easy. But reinventing yourself, you know, is nothing that people like to do no one likes to start and i'll tell you one thing the perfect metaphor for this is if you've ever seen an anthill and you see all the ants going a nice perfect line going up and down that hill and let's say you just have this sadistic tendency and you decide you're going to kick that hill you're going to see the craziest frenzy of ants going all over the place and i just think about that when you talk about, you know, people's resistance to change, people don't like change, those ants didn't like that change that happened. No wonder it's a cook. It's it's a kick from this giant god of a human being that decided to be a dick for no reason, right? Well, yeah. that's life. Life is a dick for no reason. COVID-19 didn't happen yeah. for any particularly good reason. There's no one. There's no one you can really blame in a positively productive way. There just isn't. It's never, you know, blaming people is just, it's not going to lead you anywhere, right? So all you can do is change. All you can do is adapt. That's been the biggest thing for me to learn how to do. And uh, Well,
1: it has forced everybody. Yeah, it I mean, forced everybody, everybody. has been forced to rethink. Yeah. You know, nothing has, I mean, you you had no time to prepare. You had no time to, You nobody had, I mean, like, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure out, you know, the IRS, everybody's working from home, everything's backed up. You know, the schools, they don't know what to do. They Do you go to school? Do we not go to school? Right. You know, they, they, they don't know. I mean, trying to get kids to learn from, uh, you know, e-learning. And all of a sudden you're finding out that you got 30, what, I think it was what, 33 or 30 million or whatever kids not still showing up to school because you put me on a computer. So there's a whole group of kids you've lost because now you don't know how to engage them because they're not in your face so now you've got to figure out how do you engage a kid from where you're at in their own home which may be dysfunctional and so they got to work in a dysfunctional atmosphere and try to be creative and educated and focus on whatever's going on in class and it's it's very challenging
0: i see it all the time with a lot of the people i speak to in my network which i'm dr walt whitman i'm not sure if you know about but you're more than welcome to come to it um, we host virtual networking events with my company. We're not just a podcast production company. We host virtual networking events for artists and entertainment professionals. Our next event is February 23rd, 6pm Pacific Standard Time. Okay. But I bring all this up just because we've seen some huge success stories of people coming to our events, which are a once a month event. And, you know, being able to actually create some inspiration, and you know, spark up that artistic inhibition that makes artists great. And I'm it's the best thing I do. It really is the best thing I do, and I'm I take the most pride at, at, out of that aspect of what we do, because it's something that I think comes from a very pure place of of my personal passion, which is, a talking to people and networking with them, and b uh, falling in love with art. Um, those those are some of my biggest passions right there, which is why I'm drawn to you, by the way. Again, are you a musician? I I mean no, I'm not a musician. I I played trumpet back in the day. And I uh, sang in high school choir primarily so that way I can get parts in the high school plays. You know, so I, I was a theater kid. I was a high school theater kid. And if you couldn't tell my, by my voice, uh, which my my terrible singing earlier, that was an unpracticed uh, baritone bass voice that I have that, you know, I, I started just as a bass, though. I'm very proud that I got to baritone ranges as well so i was very proud of myself to becoming a bear bass. but uh i i did have a good amount of expansion in my singing capabilities in high school uh and, and now i'm just a, a shower singer
1: uh, well that's all right but it's still i mean if you're a bass basses really don't get the love that they need because it's very rarely where you can't find a good bass so if you got a good uh, i mean that's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> your vote of confidence means the world i appreciate that What is the Soul Children doing today?
1: Well, actually, today we are, I mean, we just had our Black history movies and showing what's called Movie Month, where we just kind of show African-American Black history movies to help them begin to to experience, because they said they're not getting African-American history in class, and it's not being taught. So this was a way of saying, hey, why don't we do what we can do through Zoom? And just kind of experience. So we're do, that's that's our way of engaging. So you know I can't say I, I can show a movie. We can have you know question and answers. Uh, we 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 do have the first engagement tomorrow actually. So we're gonna do a I do a small group as they honor the people who have died from COVID. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna do a little it's like a service. And I'm just taking my twelve singer to do that. But this is our first time getting out really to to test the waters since the COVID. It's keeping them engaged.
0: Yeah, no, it's not easy to keep kids engaged during this time, and I think what you're doing is so phenomenal and so important. If someone listening to this right now wanted to support the Soul Children of Chicago and the future projects of what you guys are doing, what is the best way to reach out?
1: Well, you can always go to our website seven, uh, on um, www.soulchildrenchicago.soulchildrenchicago.org, or you can look us up on Facebook. Um, we're we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Soul Children Shy. Um, Instagram, uh, I mean, uh, yes, yeah, and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then if you can always call our office, um, 773-881-8120. And you know, we can you know, take it from there. So I definitely would love to whoever's listening, if you feel like you really want to help kids or to support a legacy and the harvest of what you do, you know, you can actually see it in real time right now. So, you know, I invite anybody that would like to to reach out to us. Come on, we're ready for you.
0: <laughs> All of that information will be displayed in the show notes of this episode. Now, Dr. Walt Whitman, this is going to be a first time for me. But in every single episode of my podcast, I've asked every single artist this question. And I've never asked an established artist this question. So this is very new for me. Okay. My question to you is... What will you be famous for?
1: I think what I'm going to be known for is inspiring youth. Because of what I've done with the Soul children, people know me. They really see me as this, first of all, as the master conductor. I think people will know me as this inspirational person and a builder of global leaders. That my legacy will live on through the kids because I have planted enough seed and there's enough out there that what I have done and what I do will live on. Wherever you go, make sure that you leave such a mark that it cannot be erased. So everywhere I go, I make sure wherever I go, you're going to know I was there. <laughs> and I use the, the, the analogy of cologne. If you find somebody that has a really nice cologne and you know that they wear cologne and they've been in a room, but then they left, but you know them because of the cologne so that even after they're gone, you can still smell it you know, you still know that they were there. And I feel like that's the perfume, you know, the fragrance that whatever I go, you know, whether I'm in Europe, whatever we do, they're gonna always know we were there. We're gonna leave something in the atmosphere that's gonna always know that.
0: And I can only see that your impact is gonna linger on. Dr. Walt Whitman, thank you so much for being here on this podcast, wishing you a great rest of the day, you and the Soul Children of Chicago. The Soul of America. I am so excited to see what you guys come up with. This is fantastic.
1: And I believe that you'll probably be a part of one of the my my speakers in Soul of America Speaks as an inspiration because you are an inspiration and you do what you're doing is making an impact. So yes, we need people like you more chazes. Dr. Walt Whitman,
0: that would be such a huge honor to to be able to speak at your event. You know, I, I really do believe in. What we do at mr thrive media and and delivering the concept of what mr thrive is about so really it touches me that you would even offer that and that i sincerely thank you but thank you
1: <laughs> man it's a it's a so much fun hanging out with you but yes we're gonna be connected we're connected forever
0: yes sir sounds like a plan i'm very much looking forward to it thank you soul of america here we come yes <laughs> Season two marked a very pivotal point in my life. It started pre-pandemic, experienced the pandemic, and now is in the midst of potentially leaving the pandemic. In that time frame, I have changed dramatically. And I'm gonna talk a lot more about that in March before we start season three. Season three has a huge cast of diverse individuals from unique talents across the world. So stay tuned. I'm so excited to show you guys who we got lined up for April. You will definitely be hearing from me between now and when we launch back for season three. So just be a little patient. But otherwise, I will see you then. Thanks again. If you've listened this far, it must mean you're a thriver. I want to thank you so much for listening. We want to stay connected with you. So please, in order to do that, we need you to follow every single one of our social media platforms. Can you do that? Follow us at Mr. Thrive Media, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all the same. Also, we want to keep you completely informed as to all the services that we provide. You can do that by going onto our website, www.mrthrive.com. That is MRTHRIVE.com. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.